0: Welcome to Bet and Breakfast, a podcast from BetSided. Hey, does anybody want coffee? Who wants coffee? It's sports betting for everyone. I'm here to tell you today that the New York Yankees season is done. Stick a fork in them, it's over. Lamar Jackson, I can't believe he's that low on the list that he's my bet for sure at this point in the season.
1: Early leans, best bets, props, parlays. If you can bet it, we've got it. I'm taking the over on this. If you look at the last five games, this is a game waiting for points to be scored. Tom Brady, I think everyone's heard of him. If Brady puts up the
0: numbers, they have the 10th easiest schedule the rest of the way. Get in, get out, and you're ready to go.
2: I think they're gonna have to give him the award if Dallas ends up locking up this division and possibly even that number
0: one seed. And here are your hosts, Ben Heisler, Ian McMillan, Peter Dewey, Donovan Smoot, and Reed Wallach. What comes before anything? What have we always said is the most important thing? Breakfast. Family. Thought you meant of the things you need.
2: Happy Thursday morning, everybody. It is Bet and Breakfast coming to you live on our YouTube video stream. For those of you that are checking out the podcast, whatever time you might be listening, uh, we welcome you in, Ben Heisler with my guys Donovan Smoot and Ian McMillan. Uh Ian pulling a little double duty this week after uh after hosting on Monday. Seemed like uh everything got off to uh Uh, a fine start indeed and now we got uh, plenty of actual odds to discuss with a lot of these divisional matchups being set and I I think that's kind of where we have to to start things off today guys because these are really compelling games. Uh, Ian, I saw something that you put out about the different underdogs that we might talk about a little bit with all of them being very much live this week Um, but just curious to get your initial impressions on on all these games. I, I feel like this might be the best weekend that's not Super Bowl weekend of the NFL season.
0: Yeah, I, and I, it, I think we're kind of due for a, for a weekend uh, of good games because the wild card weekend, to be honest, wasn't good. Like, what, basically every game was a blowout. Uh, there was the ref show between the Bengals and Raiders, which wasn't a blowout, and then the 49ers-Cowboys was a blowout right right up until the very end. Uh, so I think we're due for some good for, uh, for some good games here. Most All the spreads are pretty close. Outside of the Niners, uh, Packers game, but I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of games come down to the wire. It's going to be fun.
2: What do you think, Donovan? Is this the the weekend you think where we finally have some actual full on compelling action of these games, or uh, could we see more of the favorites just continue to to pile on the way that they did? I think outscoring underdogs last week by ninety one points in six games.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as bad as as last week, um, and. Listen, like like last week, one of, one of the games I was all over was Eagles-Tampa Bay, and that game just turned into, you know, a slaughtering. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think we're going to see a game like that, but I don't, I don't think every game is going to go down to the wire, though. I think, I think we'll probably see one, one of these games that, you know, I, and, and we'll, we'll get into it later, but I think one of these games isn't going to be as close as the rest of them.
2: Yeah, I'm excited to break down the slate with you guys, and we're actually going to change things up a little bit here on Thursday show. Normally, we like to do our our plays and fades, uh, but I thought it'd be fun for us to go and take all four of these games, condense them down into power rankings, and go through it together. Try and find the games that we're we're feeling the most confident in, put them at number one, and the games that maybe we're a little less confident, and see if the three of us together can kind of get everybody back on track and, and feeling a little bit strong about it. Uh, also, appreciate Young Acorn checking in on the YouTube stream. Always good to, to see you. Appreciate you hanging out with us uh, this morning. Uh, so, let's, but before we start things off, though, I, I saw this trend and we actually wrote about it over at, at Betside. And I want to shout out John Helmkamp for writing the article over at Betside, as well as Adam Stark of Everyday Fantasy Football for the poll. This, uh, of all the trends, and you're going to see hundreds uh, throughout the course of the week. Tom Brady having more playoff wins than 28 other teams in the NFL's history is staggering. And I I just, I I keep thinking, like, we're just not going to see that ever again. Like, is is Mahomes probably the only guy that we think could could probably break this record? By the way, if he wins the Super Bowl this year, he's going to have more playoff wins than every single team in the NFL. Just insane. Is this a record that you think ever gets broken?
1: No, no, uh, it's because like you're asking somebody to win. You're asking somebody literally to go to the AFC championship game or to whatever conference championship game every single year for 15 years. And then you're asking them to win six Super Bowls. Like, oh, my gosh, it, it's, it's, it's frustrating to, to think about just how much Tom Brady we've had in our lives and especially like in playoff football. But it just it won't happen. You just, you're you asking too much
2: Ian there's like no a pained expression Ian, you have this pained expression on your face did I did I strike a nerve is it just
0: too much Tom I hate Brady Tom Brady I, I I hate Tom Brady so much I mean I'm sure he's fine as a guy I don't hate him as a person but just literally the first football the first NFL game I ever watched in my life was Tom Brady's first Super Bowl against the Rams because my dad is a diehard Rams fan so um, the McMillan family is 0-3 against Tom Brady in Super Bowls. Uh, literally my entire life as a football fan, I've had to see his smug grin. Year after year, playoff game after playoff game, he gets calls that go his way. The tuck rule was the beginning of it all. It's, I'm sick of him. I'm tired of him. And now and now it's gotten so bad that, yeah, you mentioned that stat. He has more playoff wins than every other team or, tw- or uh, 28 other teams uh i have no choice but to admit that he's the greatest of all time and it makes me want to throw up just saying that i'm sick of him
2: i i will say this about about brady like i i think it's good to still have him in the league as long as he continues to do well because there there is that element of of a villain that still exists and even though you know he's becoming and entering his mid-40s and maybe he's kind of changed his tone a little bit. Like he's he's a little bit more fun now that he's in Tampa Bay. I would say than than how he was in New England. You guys wouldn't agree with that. Like he's a little bit more loose. No, his little his little
0: his little win videos that, that he puts out on That's Twitter and he then. like does his little smile. Ooh, we won again, and then he tweets out a video like highlights of it. Oh, get out of here! I'm sick of you. Yeah,
1: he's not even a villain anymore. He's I'm won a, too I'm much. I'm with Ian. Like just, just could you put some some bad boy over some highlights, like, <laughs> I, I don't I don't care. Like, you're you playing you yeah, exactly. Daddy over some highlights. Like you're, I guess I guess it works.
2: All right. So you guys would rather see Blaine Gabbard out there for for yes. Tampa Bay for the next week? Well, you, you don't count because 'cause you're a Falcons fan. <laughs> yeah. Like He's yeah, <laughs> coming to my division. Yeah. Donovan's you know, you Eagles beat Tom Brady. Like I I get it. I I get. Listen, I'm. I'm not I'm not his, his biggest fan either. Like I I think he's he's done a handful of things that just I, I don't particularly care for, but I think the league is more interesting with him in it and yeah, sure. knowing that for everyone's sure. gunning for him. I think to me that makes it fun. And he's still sling the football around and leading the NFL in touchdowns in an MVP candidate. You have you have a 37 year old quarterback and a 44 year old quarterback. One of those two guys is gonna win the MVP. Like that's that's insane. It's that's cool. insane. So I, I'm not ready to, to get rid of him yet. When, when he starts looking like an actual 44 year old quarterback,
0: how he probably should look, no, that's what I want him to stay. I want to see four years of him being one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. That's what I want to see. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's
2: anyway. There's there's still a ton of these different trends that I, I think we're gonna go through over the course of the week. Uh, plenty of them over at uh, at BetSide for anybody interested in learning more. But yeah, Tom Brady. If he wins the Super Bowl, if, if you're ready to get off the Brady bandwagon, and it's been around for 20 plus years, so you've had plenty of opportunities to do so. Uh, but yes, if he ends up winning the Super Bowl again, back to back Super Bowls for the Bucks, Tom Brady by himself will have more playoff wins than every single solitary team. <laughs> In NFL history, in the Super Bowl era, that's that's, that's just flat out disgusting. All right, so normally at this time on Thursdays, we like to go through our plays and our fades, and we did this a lot uh, for both college football and for NFL. But with four games on the slate, all of us being invested in in all of them in some capacity, I thought it'd be kind of fun to just go through these four games together. Go from our, our top game, our top bet top that we put on the top of the power rankings all all the way through the ones that maybe we're not feeling so good about and see where we all differ along the way. So I want to kick things off with you, Donovan, give me, give me the the power rankings that you have uh, from one to four being one top of the list, the game that you feel most confident betting to four where you're like, eh, you might have to talk about this one.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So the first one that I'm, the, the one that I'm, you know, loving this week, I love Bengals money line against, against the Titans. Um after that we're going Chiefs minus one and a half versus the Bills. After that, 49ers plus six versus the Packers. And then last we're going Rams money line um against the Bucks. And literally the only reason why I have the Rams last is because Tom Brady's on on the other side. I think if they were playing anybody else, Rams might be at the top of the list, but you like. The stat that you just said kind of proves everything. Like he, he, that guy's on the other side, so I will put him last. But that, that's my ranking right there.
2: All right. So my my thoughts on this are, are that Bengals money line is definitely in play, and I, I know how Ian is going to feel about this. So I'll, I'll leave most of that analysis over over to you. Uh, we're on the same side for the Chiefs. Forty Nine ers very much live, I think. But uh, how how much stock are you taking into whether or not Garoppolo is? Is healthy and whether or not that plays a role for you.
1: I I think I think it plays a little bit of a role, but I think I think if you look back at the ways that they've beaten the Packers these these last couple of years, it's not because Garoppolo's thrown for three hundred yards, right? It's not it's not because he it's not because Garoppolo's going toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers. It's because they're playing outstanding defense and they can run the football all day on Green Bay. And they showed the ability to do that against Dallas early on. Dallas kind of, you know, shut them down afterwards. But if they can come out and run with Debo Samuel and and you know and that defense can can get going early on, I think that they'll be that they'll be just fine. I'm still not quite sure that they can that they can go into Lambeau and pull off the win. But I do think that plus six is is too much. Uh, because right. it, it, it's kind of disrespectful for them.
2: All right, so I, I think we're, we're in line for, for the most part on a lot of these plays. Uh, Ian, what do you want to go with uh, as far as your power rankings or anything to react to from Donovan's side?
0: No, yeah, me and uh, me and Donovan agree in a lot of the games. So, uh, yeah, that, that's good to see. So, And our power rankings are actually pretty similar as well, just uh, flipping two different games. Uh, so I'll start off. Uh, Bengals money line right there with Donovan. Um, I've ranted about the Titans a lot the past uh, 10 weeks or so I'm going to try not to rant too much about them Titans fans are pretty mad at me but I mean the stat that I look at which I think is the best base indication of how good teams are is net yards per play I know it's become like almost a meme of how much I uh, (laughs) talk about net yards per play at this point but two teams (laughs) entered the NFL postseason with a negative yards net yards per play number Worst team were the Steelers, and they got just destroyed by the Chiefs. The only other team with negative net yards per play are the Tennessee Titans, 19th in the NFL in net yards per play, sandwiched in between the Vikings and the Saints, which is how I view the Titans. I think they're around the skill level of the Vikings and the Saints. They're like a borderline playoff team. They're not deserving of being the number one seed. Uh, the weakest part of their defense, they're actually pretty good at stopping the run, but they're 17th in opponent yards per pass them. Joe Burrow's going to have a big day against them. I don't care that Derrick Henry's back. Uh, Titans fans and anyone who, who's backing them likes to uh, cite the big wins they had against the Rams where they got out-gained oh, by about 200 yards or the win against the Bills, which is probably their best game of the season. But then they're going to ignore the fact that they lost to both the new york jets and the houston texans two of the worst teams in the nfl this year so uh no question for me my most confident plays the Bengals, the titans stink uh and i will be proven right about that on saturday and i'll do a little victory lap on social media uh second game is 49ers and it's 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 a similar thing i do think the packers are a good team i don't i don't think they're as good as the record indicates um I listed. I wrote an article this, this week about how I think the 49ers are going to run all over the Packers' defense. And in the article, I listed what I think are the 12 most important stats when evaluating how good a football team is. The Packers are only better than the 49ers in two of those 12 stats, I think it was. And I think it was yards per pass attempt and opponent yards per pass attempt. 49ers better in every single other stat. So second most confident play, 49ers money line. Uh, then this is where I'm going to change from Donovan. He's on the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Bills. Um, and, uh, the defenses are night and day. The Bills are the best defense in the NFL. The Chiefs are still down at around like 22nd, between 22nd and 26th in most stats. Going against Patrick Mahomes makes me nervous, and that's why it's third of my power rankings. And the other thing is the Buffalo Bills are just a cursed franchise, which even though that's probably not a thing in my mind, it's kind of a thing. I mean, you lose four straight Super Bowls, you're a cursed <laughs> franchise. And then the last one is the Rams and Bucks because statistically they're like right next to each other in almost every single stat. The only reason why I give the advantage to the Rams and I am on Rams money line is even if the Bucks' two best offensive player or linemen do play, Tristan Wirfs and Ryan Jensen, um, they're not going to be at 100%. And the Eagles got four sacks against the Bucks. The Eagles are one of the worst pass rushes in the NFL this year. And now they're going up against one of the best pass rushers, including Aaron Donald. And the way to beat Tom Brady throughout his entire career, his one kryptonite, is to get pressure up the middle. That's how the Giants ruined their perfect season back in 2007. And now you have Aaron Donald, the best defensive tackle in football, going up against a banged up Ryan Jensen in the middle of the offensive line. That could be a recipe for disaster for the Bucs. but. Uh, Still, with that being said, Tom Brady's Tom Brady. I realize that both teams are very similar in a lot of areas. So that's why the Rams would be uh, fourth in my power ranking. So, uh, Bengals, 49ers, Bills, Rams.
2: All right, we got some similarities there as well. Before I get to mine, a couple thoughts coming in over on our YouTube stream. Will checks in. He wants, he feels like Bengals is is a bit of a trap, and then also says, uh, the public darling is Joe Burrow and Chase are plus three and a half. Uh, It doesn't seem to make any sense. Um, I, they might be a public darling and maybe you see a little bit of money going towards them, but I tend to think the Titans are going to get some public money too, with Derrick Henry being back and being at home. Um, yeah. am I, am I, am I, am I crazy there? And I, I think if anything, Tennessee is probably going to be more of the public side than, than Cincinnati, I think at this
0: point, I agree. Yes. I think the Bengals were the big public darling last week, but now people are going to buy into the tropes of. Oh, Derrick Henry's back. Watch over Derrick Henry. Oh, they're the number one seed. They're the best team in the AFC. Oh, they had a bye week. They're coming off rest. Oh, they're going to be at home. All things that sure might make a little bit of a difference, but things I'm not trying, I'm trying not to overreact to. But I think those are the things uh, the public's going to think about when they go to place their bets.
2: Also, this one coming in from, uh, from our guard peers in Bowtie says, the sad day today that Mac Jones will not win offensive rookie of the year. Um, I, was he riding with you on that one, Ian? Because I, I don't I remember that it's being a happy. that
1: it. It's a happy day that Mac isn't going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I I don't think I said Mac Jones
0: is going to win Rookie of the Year. I, I don't have a bet on him. No, oh,
2: okay. Fair I'd enough. I'd like to
0: see it go to Jamar Chase. I'm sick of quarterbacks getting all these awards automatically. Speak on it.
1: It's, it's awful.
0: Josh Jacobs got uh, – he should have won it a few years ago when Kyler Murray won it. I still remember yeah. that, but he just didn't oh, get and- it.
2: And, and Chase would be the first wide receiver to win it, I think, since Odell
0: yeah,
2: back in what, 2013. Yeah. Yeah, it's
0: 2013,
2: 2014. And you sh- could have made a very compelling argument that Justin Jefferson should have gotten consideration for it last year. So, very well deserved. If I'm, you know, anybody that was, you know, looking at bet Jamar Chase in the middle of the season and didn't, I think he was up to you know, maybe 30 to one uh, when Mac Jones was getting all that love. And, and now to solve some came back into the fold. He had an unbelievable season. That's a very, very solid stack of wide receivers that Burrow has to work with now over in Cincinnati. As for my power rankings, it's fairly similar to to what you guys have. I do like the over quite a bit in, in Bengals and Titans with over 47. That's probably my, my number one on this list. You have two below average DVOA total defenses going head-to-head in – slightly cold weather in nashville but nothing that should slow things down and if anything uh people tend to overreact to cold weather games when it comes on the total uh and they tend to go under and, and more often than not because of the movement uh the over ends up hitting in these games there's not going to be substantial wind uh the wind chill factor isn't going to be much of a difference um and you have a titans team that can be explosive with their run game but that, that opens up play action for Tannehill. he's going to have a healthy aj brown Uh, He's going to have a a healthy, to a certain extent, Julio Jones. Uh, And even if Heron, if Derrick Henry is more of just a threat and a decoy than anything else. Deontay Foreman still had multiple 100 rush yard games, so he's still a factor. They can still incorporate guys in catching out of the backfield, but it's going to open a play action for Tannehill, and then all of a sudden he goes from a below-average quarterback to an above-average quarterback. So they're going to move the ball on Cincinnati, especially with Trey Hendrickson being nowhere near 100%. And Cincinnati has the ability to be able to take chances downfield, beat you in the run game, beat you in the passing game. just feels like this is going to be a fun back-and-forth game to kick things off on wildcard weekend. Number two on my list, uh, I I've, I've flip-flopped on this game. I initially liked the Bills, but now that the line has moved down, actually more towards sharp money on Buffalo, the Chiefs at minus one and a half just feels like you're giving me the perfect scenario to jump on Mahomes at home uh, against the team that they beat last year in this round. Um, I, I know that the Kansas City has been the more inconsistent of the two teams, and both of them have been inconsistent this year but this is the lowest point spread that Patrick Mahomes has ever been in his career at home. And and that's fairly remarkable to me. And I also know that even though Buffalo sort of statistically and, and put together a roster that was ready for this type of moment and opportunity, Kansas city just wakes up at the right time. And they, for whatever reason, had something last week, not go their way, and then they figure it out. And for Buffalo, I, I think from a mental standpoint, you guys would, you know, because maybe you can, can relate to this, all of us can, when things go exceptionally well, like absolutely perfect, I think we tend to let our guard down a little bit. And I wonder if Buffalo's going in a tad bit too confident this week, knowing how much everybody is talking them up against their win against New England. That could be overthinking it a little bit, but I think right now Chiefs at that number – uh, you might as well just take him on the money line at that point, but minus one and a half definitely feels in play. I also like the Rams. I've talked about this on the show before. I like the money line over Tampa Bay, despite the fact that Tom Brady is 14 and two in his career in division games, 12 and one at home straight up. Uh, but the Rams have, have something a little bit different. You guys like the fact that, that Cam Akers has come back and made mm. a substantial difference. And, and here's the other thing about Tampa Bay's run game. Their, their run defense isn't as good as everybody says they are. Right. Yeah, they've given up the, the third fewest rushing yards in the NFL, but they're dead last when it comes to rushing attempts against. You know, teams just don't run on Tampa Bay because they assume that they're not gonna be able to do it. But when you do, you're actually got the 15 most amount of times of, of yards per attempt, and they're giving up more than five yards per carry over the last couple of weeks. So Acres is gonna be able to run on them, Michelle's gonna be able to run on them, and then all of a sudden you have Matthew Stafford taking more opportunities and shots downfield. He only threw the ball 17 times last week. Uh, and was incredibly efficient, found Odell Beckham. Like I, I just think this Rams team is a little bit different, and they're prepared and they're built for the postseason. And with all the injuries on Tampa Bay, I, I think that's a major concern. And then lastly, we talked about it for, for the most part. I, I, I will take the 49ers plus six, especially if we find out that Garoppolo isn't healthy and it's Trey Lance. I, I'm even more tempted uh, to, to jump on the 49ers line. I, I just It's a concern for me because of how Aaron Rodgers has played this season at home, Packers are the only undefeated team left in the in the regular season when it comes to that. It just he's, he's actually put up fairly solid numbers at home in the postseason. It's been more of a defensive letdown for them. So those are our power rankings heading into the divisional round. Curious to get your guys' thoughts on that. But let's head into our best bets to to wrap up the show today. Um, Ian, I'll go ahead and start with you. You're looking at the college basketball slates uh donovan i know that uh you're looking at the nba and i got a golf bet uh for today as well so go ahead Ian, and kick things off for best bets on a thursday
0: man i love how you're getting into golf a little bit on these shows i think you had that uh, top 10 bet there a couple weeks ago good to yeah, see. Didn't,
2: didn't work out with xander over at uh the, the tournament of champions oh. uh, back back on the back to try and get and get it done again
0: I like it. I like it. Uh, Yeah, so I'm looking at college basketball, uh, and I love this play quite a bit. Uh, SMU, Southern Methodist uh, against Memphis. Uh, SMU is plus six. When you look at the numbers, both offensively and defensively, they're very similar. 49th and 67th in effective field goal percentage, 89th and 66th in defensive efficiency. Um, but yet it's a six point spread and there's a few other reasons why I like SMU quite a bit. I think it's a great stylistic matchup for the Memphis ranks 54th in two point shot rate. So the majority of their offense comes down low, but SMU ranks 24th in opponent two point field goal percentage. So their interior defense is very good. And then the opposite is true, uh, for the other side of things. So SMU is 65th and three point shot rate. They shoot the three ball a ton Memphis 207th an opponent three-point field goal percentage. Their weakness is on the perimeter. So that stylistic matchup favors SMU quite a bit. Uh, And then finally, Memphis can't stop turning the ball over. 353rd in turnovers per possession. That is sixth last in the country. I will never be laying six points on a team that is 353rd in turnovers per possession, just not going to happen. So I love SMU getting the points in the, uh, in this matchup.
2: All right, SMU plus six versus Memphis. You can get that line over at Wimbet. Donovan, give me an NBA play and an NBA winner tonight. Hey,
1: I got you. We're gonna go. We're gonna go to the Garden. We're gonna go to with the New York Knicks. Um, so I I got them at at minus three and a half. It's moved up to minus four. I still like the play. Uh, you know, just. You know, covering against the Pelicans. The biggest difference with the Knicks this season rather than last season has been their defense. But in the last 10 games, they've kind of turned everything around. Um, the Knicks, defensive rating wise, they are 11th in the league over the last 10 games. And so, but they are still very, very average. And the problem is is the offense, but they should be fine tonight. Um, they're going up against New Orleans, who is 20th in the league in defensive rating and who is 23rd in, in defensive rating on the road. And so, with Listen, RJ Barrett is shooting great right now. I, I think I think tonight really depends on what you're gonna get out of Julius Randle because RJ's gonna show up. But I think that even at minus four and the Pelicans not being able to defend consistently, I think the Knicks will be able to get it done tonight.
2: All right, go ahead and, and jump on board with the Knicks available at minus four at Wimbets. Uh, I'm going back to golf, like you said. I, I, I think it's an opportunity for for Sung Jm. Um, to to bounce back after uh, the frustrating round over at the Sony Open because he had been so good over his last several rounds. I I always like when I'm going through the, the different metrics for golf, i usually focus more on their last 24 rounds as opposed to you know their last you know four or eight or or even 50. i think 24 gives you a a decent amount sample size where you can take in recent form uh, while also going back and trying to find some trends along the way but he's coming off a miscut at the sony open but the previous four rounds that he played he had won the shriners finished top nine at the cj cup top 19 at the houston open then top eight over at the century which was a couple weeks ago also in hawaii um, I, I have a model that I use over at, at Fantasy National, and where they take all these different uh, cumulative numbers, put them together, and he actually comes in number third or number third, number three in my model. Um, so I, I just think he's he set up for a lot of success, and he's played really well uh, over at the desert as well for the American Express, just outside of Palm Springs. Um, you know, this is somebody that finished top twelve, top ten, top twelve, so he's just right on the, the cusp uh, of breaking through there. He's also top five in strokes gained. He's second in strokes gained to the green, also number two in around the green. So he's he's putting himself in really good position overall. He just needs to be a little bit better and more consistent with the plastic uh, for him to be able to get through. And again, uh, third in my model over fantasy national over his last 24 rounds. I, I just think he sets up very well to bounce back. I, I always like jumping on board with guys that missed the cut the week before when you know that recent history is indicative of them bouncing back. It's Not as if they missed two or three cuts in a row. I think Sun JM is in a really good spot to be able to bounce back this week. And there you have it guys. Those are our best bets for Thursday. Appreciate all of you guys coming out and hanging out with us here on Bet and breakfast. I will be back on Monday with Reed Wallach and Peter Dewey, as we recap the divisional round, start looking at the AFC and NFC championships. And of course, our best bets for Monday as well. If you guys enjoy the podcast, make sure you give us a review over at Apple Podcasts and Spotify and tell your friends about us as well. You can watch us live on YouTube. You can check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Always have a lot of fun hanging out and talking betting with all of you guys. So for my guys, Ian and Donovan, I am Ben. We thank you for joining us. We'll be back on Monday for a brand spanking new edition of Bet and Breakfast. Until then, may all of your bets hit.